Welcome to Interviews for Resistance. We are now several months into the Trump administration, and activists have scored some important victories in those months. Yet there's always more to be done, and for many people, the question of where to focus and how to help remains. In this series, we talk with organizers, agitators, and educators, not only about how to resist, but how to build a better world. I'm Sarah Jaffe, your host. Um, my name is Victoria Davis, the sister of Daron Small. I am Victor Dempsey, brother of Daron Small. Okay, and so today we're talking on Wednesday the 11th, and there is an action going on for the Right to Know Act in New York City. So tell us about the action. Uh, so, yeah, the Right to Know Act uh, is actually a bill that's trying to get pushed by pretty much everyone. Um, we had a lot of support from a lot of people on it, uh, over 200 organizations. Um, the majority support for city council, uh, they endorsed it also, but it still has not been passed. So today was pretty much the rally to let them know that we needed to get done, that, uh, you know, the police organization should be held accountable for that. It's pretty much common sense legislation uh, that will help NYPD interact uh, with people and hold them more accountable, and that way it's more transparency and everyone feels a little safer. Tell us a little bit more about, so what would the, the law actually do if it was passed? Well, the first bill would pretty much require officers to identify themselves mm-hmm. and explain the reason for uh, official in- interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, the second part of uh, the second bill would pretty much help in deceptive and unconstitutional searches by requiring officers to explicitly convey a person's rights to refuse a search warrant when they're uh, when their consent is only legal justification, and obtain objective objective proof that a person gave or informed in voluntary consent. Tell us your story. Why is this important to you um, and your family? Well, on July 4th, 2016, NYPD officer Wayne Isaac shot and killed my brother, Dalron Small, from his car, and then left him to die in the street without assistance. Um, when Isaac was still sitting in the car when he uh, shot Delron. That's what I mean, from the car. Well, this this is important for our our family and not, and not just our family. Right. Um, for us personally, us and my family, my family is demanding that Isaac be held accountable. Uh, but we also know that holding one officer accountable will not end police violence. We need strong policy changes and help to end abusive policing in New York City. So our family is demanding the right to know act be passed and uh Wayne Isaacs to be held accountable as any civilian as as uh, any human what whether um you, civilians are always held accountable. Um, Isaac, the way that he lies, makes him seem like he's above the law. So um, we just need accountability. And just, just, just to add on to that also, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, from the first day my brother was murdered by Wayne Isaacs, you know, it was portrayed by certain uh, uh, media... Oh outlet that, you know, my brother 
assaulted Wayne Isaac or he was in the wrong. It took roughly eight days for the video to surface and to find out the truth, you know? So that kind of transparency for us and my family shows that, you know, an officer can actually lie about an occurring incident or whatever to, you know, protect himself. You know what I mean? So if that can happen to us, you know, who's not stuck to say any scenario can happen? You know, someone can be walking down the street and a cop pulls them over for any unjust reason or just because they feel like they can without identifying if they're so properly, you know, uh, people don't know their rights to a search or if they can, you know, deny, I mean, not give consent to a search. So for us, it, it almost directly correlates to how uh, the murder happened with my brother, you know, with the officer blatantly lying about why the actions, why he committed those, that crime. You know what I mean? So since since your brother's death, you have been working with other families of other people killed by police to do something about this, right? Yes, we have. We um we have been doing some activist work, I guess. Activism. Um, we, we've gotten just inadvertently, I guess, to become activists. Um, we've always had like a strong moral compass, the, the three of us, um, me, me, Victor, and Zalran, and we had certain values, values and morals that we already lived by. And so this is not like um, something foreign advocating or fighting for people or um, standing up in the face of injustice, but we just had, hadn't done it like in a public way until now. It's, um like what the service saying is, you know, our whole life we've always looked at right and wrong from a, a point and perspective and trying to help people to, you know, encounter things or, or certain feats in their life and trying to motivate and push people to do better for themselves. So since the death, since the murder of our brother, it kind of just kind of kickstarted us more to get more involved to contact and connect with organizations and people and try to raise awareness because, you know, for, I, I remember before anything happened to my brother, seeing other cases, you know, whether it was a Kai Gurley's case or, uh, 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 uh Nicholas Hayward, Kimani Gray, you know, hearing about these incidents of police brutality in the news and just being heartbroken, you know, when my family wasn't directly, uh, Hurt by that, you know, or affected. Well, we weren't directly impacted. We weren't directly However, impacted. However, we always understood um, how those those uh, occurrences mm-hmm. reflect how um, people of color are treated and how they handled by people who are hired to serve the test. Recently, you you also did a protest where you all took a knee outside of the city council. Um, can you tell us a little bit about? that and the significance of that action. Uh yes. Um me myself being a football player <laughs> and, and mm-hmm. avid football fan, you know, uh from the actions of last year when Colin Kaepernick took the original knee with mm-hmm. Eric Reed in the game and, you know, recognizing why he took that knee after, you know, my my brother's death, it was it was really heavy on our hearts. Mm-hmm. 
So the action that we took that day was we watched the city council a uh, few days previously uh, at noon take a day. And we decided, you know, we need to hold them accountable as well. They need mm-hmm. to, for one, I mean, it is, it, it's getting on board into a place because they have that platform or their mm-hmm. celebrity, so to speak, to get their voices heard, you know. Our voices get heard selectively or people who want to listen, you know. Mm-hmm. So being that they took the knee in these games in the NFL nationwide, did this and they protested and kind of raised awareness to people who didn't really know you know, they didn't know that uh, cops are in, unjustly murdering. But the thing yeah. is that people were forgetting. Um, it, it, it started to become a hashtag um, with some racist rhetoric, like, for the past, like, few weeks. People have been forgetting what the reason that Colin uh, Kaepernick had originally taken the um, it was, he, he wasn't against the national anthem, the flag, or any of those things. He was taking a knee in solidarity with the, as the victims and the families of police state murder. Not, not the murders, like for people, families like us who, um, have a loved one who was killed by a police officer. But, um, and yeah, over the second And we wanted to uh, align ourselves with that, and you know, stand up with him and, and take the knee with him to show that we really we see what he's doing, we appreciate what he's doing, and we're fighting just as well. We're not sitting here and just you know talking to thoughts. We are fighting. We're taking fight, and we're going to do whatever we can in our power to help make a change because it has to stop. And we don't want anyone to forget why it was done in the first place. I think that sometimes when people say hashtags and they kind of, they do it and they do it for uh, different reasons, it becomes almost like it's like a fad or a hashtag. And so mm-hmm. taking the knee and putting a and putting faces to these victims and putting faces to the hurt. Um, like I've said, I always say we we meaning family cannot take a knee and then everything is right in our lives that we just are able to move on and move forward. We take the knee and and then taking a stand. We still have to go back to our lives uh, without Delron. And Delron is a huge part of our lives. And uh, things have been terrible since he's been gone. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's just we, we just want people to remember exactly why to take the any action taken in first place, and um, not to stray away from that because I think too often people um, forget because things move so fast in life, and um, we want them to if you if they feel strongly about taking the knee, then please so strongly about supporting the families in any way that you can. It can be kind words, it can be coming to vigil, um, a rally, or even just, um, I, um, like, I've, I've seen people who have said, like, take the knee and they'll write something, and someone else will, like, write it, and I will um, counter something negative, like, just change it, changing narrative. 
because once we change our narratives and the way that we see um, these police killings, then we will uh, we'll see there's not just hashtag, hashtag, but we'll see that the, these are humans. These are people. Darren is a, a human. He was a, a kind person. You know, he was a, a reliable person. And he meant everything to us. So for people who are listening or reading who are in New York, what can they do to um, support the work you're doing here around the Right to Know Act? And what can people do around the country to support the broader struggle that you and your family were doing? Well, I mean, I, I guess I'll go first. I, so we do live in the age of um, social media. Social media seems like the biggest platform. So definitely, um, I encourage people to follow the Justice for Delron uh, Facebook page, um, the, the Justice Justice for the number four, Delron Small um, Twitter page. And sometime in the near future, we should have like a um, an official web page. But um, sharing the word, uh, getting to know, understanding the facts of the case, and why it's so important that when we encounter someone who um, questions whether or not it was okay for a person to be killed by a police officer unjustly, changing their narrative to taking a stand as well. And change, change, like, use all of the information that you've gained from online or meeting the family, speaking with the families, whether it's in person, online, phone, phone, whatever, and just help change the narrative. Because we, we can't, we as humans can't continue to see these things happen. Everyone has the right to live. And then we can't go about life asking and begging for basic human rights, especially not the right to live. Because Delron had a right to live, and when Isaac took that from him. Another way that, you know, we try to support um, everything is, you know, it, it's bigger than everything, you know, Victoria, you know, she's, we have these pages for Delron, you know, but it's not, it's, it's the message behind it, you know, the way people view what's going on. Uh, not understand that this is in their backyard. You know, we deal with a lot of organizations. Uh, we are part of Families United for Justice, um, which is uh organization collectively of families who have been uh, affected by police brutality in general, which is national. So we, we need to encourage people to follow that page also, Families United for Justice. Um, support as far as going to the council uh, meeting, um, pressuring the council to let the know change has to be made. You know, and it's not just only in New York. I mean, we're here now for the opportunity to do it in our state to make some changes, to, to give people the encouragement to continue to fight, you know. But uh, some of the things we can do is, is stay on top of this, you know. Like the story said, we live in a social media age. Retweeting uh, tweets, uh, following pages, supporting it, uh, continuously push the word out and let people know that we're not going to stand around while people are getting killed. Um, I think we want people to know that um, these killings don't 
uh, affect the person. Obviously, you know, person who was killed and murdered. This, this, the murder of our brother had a huge effect on us. Delron, um, was a, a huge part of our life. He, um, and uh, I'm just a mother guy so Delron has always been uh, like not just a sibling but a father as well I'm a person who lead us and guide us uh, our confidant she was a person that uh, loved and cared and uh, she definitely loved and cared for us and his children his three children so, uh, it's extremely hard for us, um, because we have huge shoes to fill, and, uh, trying to figure out how to do that is hard. Um, reliving the situation, reliving the murder over and over again, um, is hard, and I don't know. The grief, grief in mourning is, 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 is terrible in itself. Um, missing someone is terrible. Even, like I just said, when the walk says it, it's terrible. But to miss someone and they were taken unjustly is like, it, it's the worst. Because all of these questions of why and why, your how, and all of the unanswered questions and all of the things when you're expecting a person who's coming from your loved one, who's coming from a family celebration, to see them the next day, to probably continue the celebration, but this person is no longer here. So July 4th, uh, now on, it will never be a celebration. You know, it wouldn't be something that we would celebrate. This past July 4th, uh, we didn't celebrate. We couldn't celebrate. I didn't even know if it was, I think July 4th was on Tuesday. I thought it was Saturday. I, I couldn't even remember. I was like delirious a little bit before sleep deprived. And um, these police killings and murders affect families in all types of ways. It's a trickle down effect. And we don't feel, it makes you feel not so safe. And we're supposed to by the people who took the oath to serve and protect. But if they couldn't do that, I mean, then what else? So we need accountability. That way we can at least feel some type of, I mean, I don't know, closure. I don't know. I wouldn't even know the right word. But we definitely demand accountability. Because if it was anyone else, um, they would be held accountable. And they would be in handcuffs after they murdered someone. Like I said, we want to hold accountability. And not just for Wayne Ivey, but the whole NYPD. You know, when officers are and they commit a crime, which it literally is committing a crime, it's not looked at upon a crime which happened. Looked at as oh, it was in some instances it was justified because he was afraid for his life. That's a key mm-hmm. phrase that officers use these days. I was afraid for my life so they could discharge their weapon. Now, one thing that can never change for us is we don't get our brother back because he made we don't know what his um, a, a decision. We don't we don't know what he was thinking. All we know is that he murdered him. So now, regardless of what happens in this case, we still have to live our lives and raise our children. 
raised his children. You know, son was only six months when it happened. What? So now, moving forward, there's going to be a time when we have to explain to him what happened. We have to explain to him why his father cannot go to a football game with him. Why his father cannot teach him what basketball is. Or go to, you know, we can't explain any of that. Who's going to try to ride a bike? Uncle is aunt, his mother. And not just that, his, his daughters. We have nieces that'll be going to college too. We have nieces that just started driving, you know. So these are, this is part of what was taking from us. Now we have to step up and do this. So now when my niece or my nephew is going to college, as happy as it would be to send them off to college, it is also better to see because he's not here to see that. So this is a continuous battle of emotions, a continuous fight within yourself keep pushing forward. You know, me and my sister come out to these rallies, to these functions, to support, to gain support. And it's very hard. It's it's emotionally straining, but we do it because we know that it's a background game. Yeah. So it's it's much bigger. The awareness aspect of this is much bigger than just saying, okay, we need a change. Like Victoria said, we have to hold everyone accountable. These councilmen who are taking needs and, and, and making these statements they need to be held accountable. They need to be at our court. They put for fighting against the unjust things that that's happening. They cannot just do it for whatever benefit it may be. They cannot just do it for whatever whoever's looking or whoever's running for office. They cannot do it for that. You cannot use the lies and people that's suffering and not acknowledge it. So that's one of our biggest things right now is everyone needs to be aware. If you're going to hashtag something, if you're going to say you stand for something, at least stand with the people that actually suffer. But, um, you know, our actual trial actually starts October 18th uh, mm-hmm. in the Supreme Court for Wayne Isaac, the officer who murdered our brother. And we ask anyone and everyone to support that. Uh, attend the courts. You know, we, we try to pack the court out as much as possible just to let the system know that we are not yeah. just the family, as a community, as a unit, as a whole, collectively, everyone, you know, and we'll do the same for any other families or any other situation that needs to be rectified. So we are standing together and we want everyone to please support everything that we do. Interviews for Resistance is a project of Sarah Jaffe with assistance from Laura Fayabois and support from the Nation Institute. You can find more information at necessarytrouble.org. Thanks for listening.